Good evening. Good evening, Crystal. Good evening. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Okay, we're just going to tell the audience who we are. Hi, everyone, wherever you are around the world. This is Yemi Majakudumi from Widow Recovery Secrets. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. I've got the opportunity to interview Crystal King Iwoma today, and she comes under Widow and Thriving Series. So I hope you gain at least one or two pointers from what we're going to share tonight. So do tune in if you need life coaching or you need my ebooks or other resources or for a short chat, go to businessandmarriagecoaching.co.uk. I hope you get something from this and I'm sure you will. So can we welcome Crystal King? Hello, Crystal. Hello. Hi. So um, I welcome you back. We did have some kind of itch where we couldn't find your video. So we're back in studio. But it's always a delight to talk to you again anyway. So I'm going to start by asking you, just tell me briefly where you're at in your journey now since the loss of your husband. Where I am now on my journey is um, navigating how to keep moving forward without him. Um. Mm. I um, am just, um, how, how do you say it? Um, it's, it's rough, but um, it's been, God has been good um, to allow me to keep navigating, having problems like I was, I mentioned earlier to you that uh, my car had broke down and it's been broke down for, a month now where, you know, if he was here, I would been had it fixed. <laughs> and so just, you know, house things, things like that, it's been, um, it's been rough, but um, however, I've been able to navigate some things. Mm-hmm. So how long has it been since your husband passed? It's been one year and two months. And can you compare how it was perhaps six months when it passed and to now? Have you seen any improvement in your grief journey? I have, but um, I believe that you have. um, The first six months, um, I didn't even stay really pretty much in my home. I was around family. And then um, when I decided to go home, it was really rough but um, my husband was a truck driver. So it wasn't, so sometime now I just think of him as maybe being on the road or something like that. Um, I must say that in the year and two months, it's still been um, where I'm thinking I'm okay. And I'm, and sometimes I'm not okay. It's, it's, it's a setback for me. So just know that if you have a setback or something like that, that it's okay. Um, me and my husband were married for 34 years. And so um, it's it's not an easy journey. Yeah. So you're still rolling your grief, really, aren't you? Would you am yeah. I right to say that? Yes, yes, yes. It, it's, a, um, it's a matter of an up and a a high and a low. Um, 
and then both them matter the same day, the same hour. One minute I'll be, you know, high up on, I know where he is. And then I know that he's not dead. He's just not here physically with me, but I know that he's with the Lord and he's very happy. Mm-hmm. And so um, I just try to direct that towards um moving forward and um trusting God and um uh trying to figure out my purpose. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and that purpose, the word purpose comes up a lot when people face when you've experienced a major loss. So mm-hmm. can I ask you in to tie that with what you've said about purpose, what have you discovered? about yourself that you didn't know before your husband passed, if I may ask you? Um, what I have <laughs> discovered is um, the strength that God has given me to endure this loss. Um, it's like a no other loss. Um, most people, I think, tend to believe that... Um, it's like every other loss you have, but a husband, um, when you say your vows, you really, you really do feel the tear apart, um, when you lose your spouse. So you, um, I started, um, you know, I've inherited a house note where I was used to him, you know, paying the house note. Um, And I've um, did a I've did a, a journal a prayer journal. I have my book coming out in January, mm-hmm. and I would never had did that. Um, I would I wouldn't have never did that. I am on the computer now. I know <laughs> a lot of times people I'm like, can you send it again? Because I wasn't a computer. I'm not computer savvy, but I do know how to cut it on. I do know how to do some things. I have gotten yeah. my journal out. And so those are things that I would never thought I would have did. That's excellent. Excellent. So what do you think is the your biggest challenge since you've been a widow? I believe that my biggest challenge is, like I just mentioned, um, what happened is I, um, I have this, um, rare, um, this rare disability that a lot of people don't know about. It's called mm-hmm. dysgraphia. Okay. And so what it is, is it's, um, I'm able to read, yeah. um, but spelling is kind of, um, it sometimes goes blank on me. So okay. it's a, it's a different form of dyslexia, yeah. But it's one that's very rare that a lot of people don't know about. So my biggest challenge is that where I usually would lean on my husband to help me <clears throat> if it was something that I needed to to write or something, yeah. I would be able to lean on him to to help me mm-hmm. with the you know to help me. I would just tell him to do it and then yeah. he would just do it. And so now I feel, you know, left alone, even though I have help from um, family members, but it's challenging. And now I've never expressed this to anybody. So and nobody knows that about me. 
Mm. So can I ask you why well, you haven't expressed it to anybody? Um, it was it was a way of um, maybe embarrassment. Okay. Um, people not understanding me. Um, mm. Every time I would be tested, it would be like, well, it's, you know, I can't spell neither. And I, I would tell them, no, you don't understand. It's not that I just can't spell. It's like it goes blank in my mind to put it down on paper. But I do recognize if things are spelled wrong, if it's spelled right or wrong, but it's yeah. just the matter of getting it down on paper. Okay. Well. Mm -hmm. So do you think telling people exactly what your diagnosis is would give a greater understanding or not? I do. I do because it's rare. I mean, I, have you heard of it before? No, I've heard of dyslexia, but I've heard of dysgraphia. Dysgraphia. No. Uh -huh. no. So a lot of people have not heard of it. So mm -hmm. maybe it's, it may be some people, more people out there like me, and they don't know what's wrong with them, mm -hmm. or they may be dislabeled as um, illiterate or something like that. Mm -hmm. And they don't know that mm -hmm. that's not what's wrong with them. <clears throat> So what kind of support do you think you should be given for this? Wow. The only support I can think to do is just let us be grateful that um, we have um, these the technology that we have now because the way I did my book, the way mm -hmm. I did my journal is I just spoke it in the phone um, and, and then rewrote it and then had somebody else, um, rewrite, you know, write it out yes, for me. It took yeah. a while, um, for me to actually get those things out. And, you know, some of my closer family members know, but they were like, how did you get it done? And I said, well, I'm, I can't wait until everything is finished so I can tell the people actually how I got it done. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. So can I ask you, what does your faith mean to you, if you have a faith? And how has this helped you so far in your grief journey? My faith, oh my God. Um, I'm a Christian faith. And yeah. um, my goodness, it, it's been where in the beginning, yeah. I had lost my faith. Um, I would say, you know, I was just... I just, I had lost my faith. I felt like um, I was really let down, but um, later hmm. I found out that, <laughs> that I understand more now um, of, and I guess because I was praying for a lot of people at that time and God yeah. has always brought me through, even though you have difficult times. Now I kind of see where, Okay, I understand where if my husband had it stayed here, yeah, um, that that would have been more difficult. That would have been more than I can bear than if he had left. So it was a bittersweet. Um, my husband, you could, my husband's from Nigeria. You couldn't keep him down, you know? Mm, yeah. And so he would have been down for, even if for a little while, he was just, you know, always, you couldn't, um, do that to him, but my faith has just been more 
into um, instead of just having a lip service and saying that I have faith and that God is the head of my life and that he he's the head of our household and all yeah. of that. Now I have to really rely and use my faith that he has me, that he has me as the widow and believe what his word says. Mm-hmm. If he says he's my protector, he's my husband, he's my um, provider. Yeah. He's my healer. Even in the midst of grief, he's, mm-hmm. I see how he's healing me. So, my, you- so I really had to, mm-hmm. um, you know, use my faith really for real. <laughs> So, so it sounds like you're saying your faith has even grown stronger. Oh, yes, it has. It has. It has grown uh, stronger for sure. Because um, I have to just call him back on his word and, yes. and see if it works. And so it's like, okay, so faith without works is dead. Mm-hmm. So if I'm not trying to, you know, if I'm not using it, yeah, mm-hmm. it's dead. <laughs> amazing so what i wanted to ask you was um also linking to that is what do you think is the biggest challenge a widow faces in your part of the world i believe the biggest challenge that a widow faces in my part of the world is not having their affairs in order okay um not having insurance not mm-hmm. having a will not having a living trust Mm-hmm. Um, having to relocate because you didn't have those things in order. Yeah. Um, a widow here, I guess probably everywhere, you can't even get your widow's pension until you're 60. So that not having that income and not being prepared um, has been a big thing because they have had to relocate. Um, mm-hmm. They have lost everything. They've had to turn back in cars. Um, they've had to move with their children. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I would say the biggest thing that they have to face is losing that income. Yeah. And having to navigate it through grief is very difficult. Mm-hmm. I can't even begin to imagine that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. So just on a slightly more positive note, what three things keep you inspired The three things that keep me inspired is my children, my grandchildren, and my new widow sisters. Okay, wow. And could you tell me from each of those exactly where, what is the inspiration? One word for each of those things you've mentioned. My children Mm. make me want to continue with life. Okay. Where I felt like I didn't want to continue with life. Mm. I felt like I was um, I was done that my purpose. I remember sitting on the couch and just saying, and my daughter said, well, you think that my dad was just your purpose? I said, I do. And I felt like that was it for me. <laughs> so my kids um, making me want to go ahead and live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the other two, your sisters, your widow sisters? My widow sisters mm-hmm. are, we're such a great tight-knit support to one another. Yeah. Um, I am available 
all day, all night, any time of the day or night. I don't know. God has just really placed this passion in to me for for people, but not only for people, for the widows. It's just like yeah. I think about um if I didn't have the support um hmm. that I had through them because you know, family members and friends, close friends, they don't stick with you like your widow sisters do. And I think it's because we understand one another. Yeah. Lost. Mm. You know, we all are on this same journey, but we have different stories. Yes. And yes. Um, I am so close. I mean, I just, I love you all. It's just like, I don't know how he put, you know, some people were saying, in the beginning, you're going to be happy to help so many people. And I said, well, why did my husband have to be sacrificed? I loved helping people anyway, but yeah. I really do have a passion for mm. widows and widowers. Mm. So what I wanted to ask you as well, thank you for that. So you basically said your widow sister's children. What was the third one that you'd mentioned? Was it Faith? That was, um, I think it was my, my grandchildren. Yeah, your grandchildren, okay. It was my grandchildren. My grandchildren are, oh my God, they're so, I just look at them and my youngest one, she is two years old, but, and she, when my husband passed, she was like one years old, a little over one. Yeah. But do you know that she knows when she comes over to the house, and I was thinking, oh, my God, you know, he won't be able to see this baby like this, you know, at this age yes, and seeing yeah. them grow. And I said, do you know she comes to that house and she says, um, she looks at his picture and she says, Papa. Mm. And I was like, I told my daughter, I said, you have to keep showing her his picture mm -hmm. so she can remember that because. She says, Papa, and that just gives me, it just melts me because it's like, she knows who her Papa is, even though she wasn't even old enough. She wasn't five or anything. Mm -hmm. But if she sees a picture of me and him, she'll say, Mama. She calls me Mama and and mm -hmm. Annie. And wow. So she wow. said, so sweet. And so it's that. And then um, my older granddaughter, I have one that's 16. And um, they just... You know, they talk about him as well. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. You know, I always say that, you know, I told you Papa's spirit is here with us. And so um, I said, okay. You know, so, yeah, that's, that's oh. what keeps me going. That's so lovely. <clears throat> Thank you for sharing that. So what I was thinking as well is like, um, if I were on this podcast today, what would you say to people who are listening in terms of walking this journey? Does it get lighter or do we, or what do we learn from it? Or do you, do we, do you think you're, we gradually become a greater version of what we were before due to the adversity? Yeah. Well, like I was saying earlier, yeah, it's okay because I believe I I felt like I was okay at one time and then I just had a, a setback, if I yeah. can call it that. And it's okay to have those setbacks. But yes. to just make sure that you get back up again mm. and that you continue to move forward and it, that you get some help 
if you need help, it's okay. Um, sometimes people think if they need um, some counseling that mm. um, something is wrong with them, that they're cuckoo or something like that. It's okay to get some help. It's okay to reach out to other widows. Um, I think that's the most important thing mm. is to not have, I mean, I had the blackout curtains. I still have the blackout curtains, but I open them up now and just let a little, you know, let the shears, let some air come in. Um, yes, get outside yes. and get your endorphins going. Yeah. Just walk outside. You don't have to be at a gym or anything. Get some mm. exercise. Um, go and look at the flowers and the butterflies and the things and just see God's creation mm. and know that um Although we won't be in the same relationships with our husbands, um, but we will see them again. Yeah, indeed. Too, you man. know, so, yeah. you know, it's like um, I just encourage them to to not um, be alone in the home um, and to just seek out for help. You know, like I said, I'm always available. I'm always passing my phone number out or something yeah. or telling somebody yeah. to go over to my YouTube or something mm -hmm. like that. Okay. Thank you very much for sharing that. So as you've mentioned your YouTube, what is your YouTube angle? You just share that to us verbally. Or should my I just, yeah. My share, YouTube, share what it is, um, please. The YouTube angle is, um, it's called God's Love for the Grieving Widow. Um, it's geared towards, um, it's my journey in the beginning of me um, on this journey. And it is, um, I just, I felt like I didn't have the platform or um, help that I thought I needed in the beginning. So I said, well, you know what? Let me just get on. It may be somebody else feeling the way I feel. So yeah. I try to be transparent on there to let other people know and people that are still married or plan on getting married um, to have your affairs in order. And just the journey of us, um, things that we cannot get out or people don't understand what I do is I get information. I kind of go by what went on during that week with other widows, what we were talking about. And then I yes. go over and upload it over there. And yes. then that way they say they have their friends or different people look at it. And then they understand mm. where we coming from, from our, our point of view. That's brilliant. Okay, Crystal, I'm going to... Just summarize, yeah, it's been such a insightful conversation with you. And I and I pray and I believe a lot of people will gain a lot of strength. And what I just get from you as well is I when you're talking, I, I imagine you going up and up and up. And when we get to a slight hill and you want to slip back, mm -hmm. which is fine, and then you go back up. But the focus I get and courage I get from you is that in spite of how hard or turbulent the road will be, we will make it. Yes. So I, yes. I, did, I ditto that. And to thank, I'm thanking Crystal King to be for being on this podcast today. And to ditto what she's saying, the, the journey is not easy, but you can make it. 
Yeah. And you know, don't let any voice say you cannot make it or you have to give in. Because mm -hmm. there's always a reason why you're still here. Yeah. And may, you, and may you find greater purpose out of your loss. And I wish you that also, Crystal. Thank you. So I'm just signing off again. This is Yemi Majekodumi from Widow Recovery Secrets. Dare to dream a greater dream. There's always purpose after loss. Thank you very much. <laughs>